My name is Josh. I'm the kids ministry director here at Lake Orion. Kids, how many kids do we have in the house? Raise your hands. Okay. I love that you're up here with me today so I don't miss you downstairs. Uh, speaking of being up here, I was prepping for um, the sermon today. And, uh, and my son, I was sitting out on the porch. And my son came up and said, Dad, what you doing? And I said, I'm, you know, I'm just studying for the sermon. And he said, what's, what's a sermon? And uh, I said, well, I have to preach on Sunday. And he said, well, you, you preach every Sunday. And for a split second, I was confused. And then I realized that single sentence literally defines what we do in kids' ministry downstairs. Not just me, but every leader with every kid They want them to know who Jesus is. They want them to have faith in Jesus. And when he said that, it it made the rest of the day very, very nice. I I got a lot of inspiration from that. Um, So I'm excited today because I've never started off a series before. So now I get to do all the fun stuff. We get to go through context and where people are at and what are they doing and why are they speaking to these people. And so I'm really excited about that as I was studying. Today, I think, if, if we said that there was division in the world uh, everywhere, that would be an understatement. There's a lot of division. There's a lot of division because of opinions. There's a lot of division because of what we think is right or wrong. There's a lot of div- division of how we want to define truth, whether it's the truth or my truth or your truth. And so division amongst all of us is everywhere. And we know that God created our world, and we know that he created because he's our creator, ruler, king. And he didn't create it that way. That's not, that's not how he meant it to be. But something came into this world, and there's something that's in you and I that makes this division so powerful. Kids, what do you, what's in you and I that keeps us separated from God? Yell it out loud. Go ahead, Lucas. Sin. That sin is what's dividing this world, and it's what made a perfect creation into something that's broken. And ever since sin entered the world, there has been division. We are divided as ever because sin is as present as ever. Here's the thing, though. Like, it might be natural or uh, normal for us to think, well, yeah, in the world, there's going to be division, uh, you know, if, 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 if someone doesn't know Jesus or, or if someone doesn't have the spirit living inside of them, there's going to be division and so on and so forth. But what's devastating is that there's division in the church. That's what's devastating. Because as a people who's separated and set apart, there are too many times where you and I have division between us. That you and I let sin come between us to the point that the world looks no different than in the church. Because of this, we're starting a new series. It's called Divided, Seeking Unity in a Fractured World. We're never going to find our answers in any book other than scriptures. We're never going to find our answers in anyone except for Jesus. And we need God to speak into us into our church, into our lives, into our family, into our homes, our workplace, wherever you can think of, God needs to be there and speak into that. 
this series, as we go through the next five weeks, we're going to look at how does God call us to be united as the church to therefore go out and reach the world for Christ. The writer of 1 Corinthians is, his name is Paul. I don't know if you know much about Paul, but I found a picture of Paul, and they're going to put it up on the screen. Now, this picture of Paul uh, is, is, is a, um, it looks, that's a good-looking picture of Paul. And he's in prison for many times speaking and preaching what God wanted him to preach, and, and Paul, was, uh, Paul was his messenger. Now, here's the crazy thing. Paul didn't always love Jesus. In fact, Paul was the opposite or the opposition to Jesus. Paul did many horrendous things against the church, against the gospel, and against Christians. And it was God who spoke into his life and radically changed who he was so that he now becomes one of the greatest messengers of the gospel, willing to do anything for the gospel, willing to be in prison Willing, willing to be whipped, willing to um, not have a home, to have to travel all over. He was willing to preach the gospel. This particular series is going to be in 1 Corinthians, and I believe it's in the first chapter. And uh, it's, it's in Corinth. It's in the city of Corinth. Now, we had a map, and I, I hope that we still have that map. I want to show you where Corinth is, because there's something that makes Corinth very, very special um, I really want to walk over there to see a better look, but I know I can't leave the stage. Uh, so if you can see Corinth down there on the bottom, kind of in the middle, the reason why it made that so special or so such an, an amazing place is it was like the middle of uh, business transactions and commerce and shopping and, and um, shipping and all of these things from Asia to Rome and back and forth. Corinth was a place that everybody went to, which means it's a place that there were a lot of different people and types of people in. So, just like we're experiencing now, the division of, of all these different things, there was absolutely division in Corinth. There was division in economics, there was division in race, there was division in, um, in, in well, poverty and, and all these different things. There was a lot of different people in Corinth during that time. And there was a church. And Paul wrote that church. Because what he was hearing happening in Corinth as a whole, there was also happening in the church. And it was devastating Paul. People were getting divided about who they followed and, and who they worshipped and who they went after. And there was no, um, there was no discipline in the church. Everyone was just loosey-goosey and having just a great time. And so that church didn't look any different than outside in Corinth. But here's the problem, though. Paul knew clearly that the people at the church were called together in Christ for the gospel, to be separate, to be different, so that those around them can hear the gospel, see God's love, and understand where they're at. That's our big idea for today, is we are called together in Christ. Here's the question, though. What does being called mean? It sounds simple. Okay, well, we're called together. We're here together. We're, we're worshiping Jesus together. So, yeah, we're called together. It sounds nice, 
But because of sin, the enemy wants nothing more than to make sure you and I are the farthest thing from being called together. He wants you and I to be more concerned about pick anything, anything. He wants us to be more concerned about that than the love of Jesus. But Paul is calling us and telling us that we are separate and that we are called to holiness. That's our first point of the morning. In order to be called together, in order to be united in the front of moving the kingdom forward, we have to be holy. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1, and then the beginning part of 2. It says, Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sothenes. Now, let's just get that Sothenes out of the way real quick because it was really difficult for me to try and figure out how to pronounce that. Uh, apparently, this guy was very, very well known in the area that Paul was writing to because he, got, he comes up nowhere else in the, in the book. So there's Sothenes, and we can all say Sothenes, and, then, and now we know that it's Sothenes. Moving on to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. Paul's writing to the church of God, which is a big distinction I think we need to make right now. He wasn't just writing to the church in Corinth. He was writing to the church of God. Paul is already making a a group um, emphasis that this is all of us together. Uh, Paul doesn't say that he's writing to an individual. No, instead he's saying, I'm writing to you, church of God, the people of God, the assembly of God, the collective community of Christ's followers. So here you go. This is the tension. This is the conflict. He's writing the church of God, believers in God, the very people in Corinth who should be exemplifying who Jesus is, showing God's love, showing that over division, over sin, is love and forgiveness. And that's the tension because they weren't. They were very divided. They were very um, young in their faith. There was no discipline. They didn't care. There was no one pushing them. They are citizens of heaven and citizens of Corinth. And that's the, that's the crossroad, just like you and I. Is there, this is, this is I, I love this, this whole section on identity. You know, identity, what's your identity? Is there identity in Christ that will influence them most? Is it their identity in Christ that's going to influence them? Or is it their identity in, as Corinthians that will influence them most? If you're a believer of Jesus, is that your identity this morning? Is that what's influencing you the most? Or is there something else? Uh, I've, I've been open about, you know, uh, um, having, struggling with mental health and, and going through therapy and medications and all the things, and it was, <laughs> it was really funny because part of my therapy was to, um, I, I was very anxious that I would be perfect in the eyes of people. I, I grew up that the whole, the whole time. A lot of us, we, we can relate to that. I was more concerned about being perfect. I didn't want anyone to be upset with me. I didn't want anybody to think I was not good enough. I was, I was obsessed with being perfect, and therefore I was very anxious all the time about being perfect. So my therapist says, well, we're going to do something about that. So for the next few weeks, I would do things like 
and I may have said this before, I can't remember, I'd go to Best Buy or anywhere with electronics, and I would stand in the aisleway, and I would turn the music up as loud as it would go and then just stand there. <laughs> or, and I hated, I used to hated this, when you go grocery shopping, Myers is a large place. But every single time you stop to get something and there's then somebody right there next to you. Every single time. Guess what I had to do? Be the guy who would walk up and then just stand right next to them. And the purpose of these uh, activities for, for the therapist, the, the purpose of me doing this is for me to get to a place where I didn't, it, it wasn't that I was saying, oh, well, they didn't, they, they actually don't think anything bad of me. They actually like me. No, no, no. It was more of, I didn't really care if they did or they didn't. That my value wasn't in the middle of whether or not they thought I was perfect. That they could have been irritated out of their minds that somebody has that music that high. But it doesn't change my value. Now, from a biblical perspective, and how I was taking it, is that I don't have to be perfect because Jesus already is. I don't have to be perfect because I can't be. You don't have to be perfect because you can't be. I don't need to be the best preacher. I don't need to be the best kids director. You don't need to be the best worker, the best mom, whatever. Dad, all the things. You're never going to be perfect, but that's because Jesus is. And because of Jesus, we have the Spirit living in us, Kids, what's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, gentle, goodness, blah, 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 blah. I needed the motions in the music, okay? It's the only way I can say the fruits of the Spirit. With the fruit of the Spirit, we have those things. I don't need to be perfect. I have those things. The, the, the exercises were to, were to get me to be flexible, to understand I can do things regardless of what somebody is thinking. But the most important thing was my value is never in anyone else or anything else except for Jesus and his love. So Paul is trying to get the people to understand the same exact thing. What is your identity and what are you living out of? There's supposed to be a church united and united in a front to move the kingdom forward. But are they still being influenced by Corinth? Just like us. Just like us. We're children of God. We're meant to move the kingdom forward. But what are we getting sidetracked in? Or, or what are we finding our identity in? Secondly, Paul talks about in order to be called together, we need to be called to unity. So the first was holiness. Which holiness, let me just back up. It's, it's like separated, set apart. Okay, it's not, that, it's not that we're better as Christians. It's not that we're, we're better than anyone else. We're forgiven. I'm not better, I'm saved. I'm not better, I'm bought for. I'm not better, I have a Savior who died for me. So because of that, am I holy and separated? Do I, do I set myself apart so that as I'm playing golf, is the most important thing for me to shoot well? Sometimes it's really difficult not to think that way. But more importantly, can I talk to someone every time I play golf about Jesus? Can I get into their lives? Can I understand who they are? And can I help them understand who Jesus is? So next we're called to unity. The second half of verse 2 says, Together 
with all those who are in every place, call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Often Paul addresses particular groups of people in his letters. Corinthians is very much as a group, like we said earlier, it's totality. But it's not just the Corinthians, the Christians in Corinth. It's Christians everywhere. What does it say? With all those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord. Our commitment is unity to one another. Uh, I, I, for the life of me, I tried to remember where I heard this, and I cannot remember. Uh, Alex is going to say it's probably him. I don't know. It might have been. Somebody was preaching or saying something, and at the very end, they said, Jesus over everything. And for whatever reason, that stuck. And then that is with me often throughout the days. And it could be as simple, something as simple as somebody pulling out in front of you. Your immediate reaction is frustration. Accept Jesus over everything. Jesus is over everything. What Jesus wants for my life is over anything that just happened. What's more important? When we have an issue with a brother or sister in Christ friends, family. What is the issue in Jesus over everything? It's Jesus first. It's who he is. It's his perfection. It's his love. It's his unconditional love for us over everything. So for me, on a daily basis, when I get into a place where I could get frustrated or get upset or get angry or, you know, like throughout the workday, you got all the things happening. Jesus over everything. My commitment to my relationship with Jesus and his unconditional love for me over everything, and then I can be united with you. The thing that we share together with other Christ followers is Christ. It's Jesus. It's our salvation. Listen, you and I may believe different things on different situations, and we could let that get in between us. Or we can look to see what are we unified in, and that is Jesus as our Savior. The only way we can get to heaven is through him. We are sinners. We are, without him, we, are, we have nothing, but with him, we have everything. Let's concentrate on that. And then how do we tell other people about that? And how can we, we, how can we be united moving the kingdom forward? Finally, not finally, almost finally. Paul starts talking, uh, he's, called, he's calling us to gracious peacemaking. In verse three, it says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This last bit, and it, and it happens often in, in Paul's letters, but this last little bit is actually he's speaking a blessing to, the, um, to his audience. He's speaking a blessing to them. God deals with us graciously in Christ. Like, like unconditional love, grace, and mercy. Uh, somebody explained it to me this when I was little. Grace is the things that we, hold on, grace is getting something that we don't deserve, and mercy is not getting something that we do deserve. I don't deserve God's love. But Romans 5.8 says, he showed it to me before I ever was. I don't deserve to be in heaven with a perfect God forever because I have sin. But mercy says, 
that he's died for me and that he's washed that away. For this, Paul, Paul kind of captures his theology or his, um, his, his, his thinking of, of scriptures and of Jesus in this way because, he deals with us, because Christ deals with us graciously. He brings us to himself and to the Father in a relationship of peace so that we can go and do the exact same thing. If God showed me grace, why am I not showing you grace? If God loves me unconditionally, why don't I love you unconditionally? Why do I get irritated that you keep talking about this or this or this to the point that I don't want to even be around you? That was not to anybody individually. I was just, that was a thing. If Christ has showed me this, why am I not showing that to you? This is what Paul was writing to the, to the Corinthians about. You're, you're, you're believers in Christ. You're children of God. You understand and call Jesus your Christ, and yet at the same time, there's no difference between you and everyone else in Corinth. And here's what Paul was so, like, this is what he was so amped up about. Because Corinth was so um, special, there's another word, powerful, be, 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 because it was such a, 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 a place that everybody was at and a place that everybody went out from, the vision is, if the gospel is in Corinth, think about where it's going to go. How many different places are represented in this building out there right now? And just think, if all of us were united together, Jesus over everything, we're going to show grace we're going to show love, we're going to show peace, and we're going to move the kingdom forward by preaching the gospel. Just like Paul was amped up there, we're amped up here. God's grace is inexhaustible. That's a, that's a very large word. Uh, it, it can't run out. God's grace can't run out. His love can't run out. His grace flows forever for us, and the more of his grace we take in, the more we should be able to give out. But too often, just like the people in Corinth, I'm selfish. My identity is in something that's other than Jesus, which gets me irritable, and, and not because I'm hungry or hangry, just I'm irritable. It's interesting because like, uh, in, in the process of, of working through you know, anxiety and OCD and all of those things, what that allowed me to do, and this is very, very important, what that allowed me to do was have the headspace to now understand who I am in Jesus. It wasn't the medication, it wasn't the therapy, or still, it's my identity in Jesus. Understanding who I am and understanding who I'm not. So who I am I'm a sinner who deserves death. Separation from God. I can't do anything for myself to bring God to me. But Jesus loved me first. His salvation, his grace, his mercy, he loves me first so that I can love others so that they also will understand God's grace and mercy. So Paul, 
whether it's in chains, whether it's in a boat, whether it's him traveling all over the place, he had a clear roadway for anyone he was talking to to get from who they are, a sinner, to who God is and who they are in Jesus. Redeemed, forgiven, washed, saved. And then Paul is very explicit that it's not, it's not anything because of them, it's because of Jesus. We read back to, let's go back to verse one. It says, Paul, he again says, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus to the church of God that is in, Cor in Corinth. As Paul was being called, he was calling the church in Corinth. And the church in Corinth had a very large task at hand, and that was what kind of light could be shown in that darkness. Like, if, if we turned all the lights off and it, and it got super, super dark, don't worry, we're not gonna do that. But if we did, and it was completely pitch black, and all you had was a, a match, we all could see that match. And that match would start to make a difference. The same thing Paul was calling them in Corinth, the same thing God is calling for us here. So how do we respond? How do we respond? How did, how did the Corinthians respond to Paul, and how do we respond to God? This message series goes through Paul's, uh, um, his, the, the importance of this particular subject matter for those people, and as we go through these next five weeks, as we understand where they are is very similar to where we are, and their divisions are very similar to our divisions, how are we going to respond? It's easy to complain. It's easy to get upset, to get angry. It's super easy to do that. And we can get upset and complain and about all of these things. Now, now, let me just make mention, we should be lamenting all of the things that are wrong in this world. We should be on our knees going to God for all the things that are wrong in this world. But it's one thing to complain and get angry, but are we going to respond to what we're upset about in anger or in love, being frustrated or being forgiving, having grace and mercy or showing none of it? Does wherever we're from, do they know that we love Jesus and we love them? And I don't have to agree with them and you don't have to agree with them. But what we can be on the same front is, and this is what Paul's saying, they're a sinner, I'm a sinner, Jesus is our Savior. Those are all the things we have in common. And so Paul wants us to start there. If it's true that we're divided more than ever, or it feels like that, then we have more of a chance, or, or we should be showing grace and love and mercy more than ever to move the kingdom forward with the gospel of Jesus. As the band is coming forward, um, will you hear that call that Paul is on the, on the Corinthians? Will you hear that for your life? Will we say Jesus over everything? Will we say unity instead of division? And is it in Jesus, is Jesus my identity? Is he who that matters? Nothing else. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this amazing day. Thank you for the honor of being able to preach your word. Thank you for everyone that's here, God. I pray that um, as we leave, uh, 
or, or as we think about our world, as we think about division, as we think about all the nonsense that's going on, God, I pray that more than anything, we think about you in our, in our salvation in you, in our unity to one another. And just like Paul wanted, help us to go out, spread your love, your gospel, and move the kingdom forward. In Jesus' name, amen.